0: Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it. This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with
1: Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV,
0: KitSap Marina. Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Leschiwab Tires. Welcome to Hour Two of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven hundred and ten, and Seattle Sports App, streaming live on northwest and uh, don't, don't forget about the venerable doutdoorline with blogs, podcasts, and a whole bunch else. Well, I was lucky enough to uh, have uh, our next guest, who's really not a guest at all, not He's a guest like, a bit, more like more like family and, and a co-host all rolled into <laughs> one here. And uh, he had to he had to head back and get some work done. And he's Joey Pyburn. He's joining us with Joey's one time only, today only regional rundown. Good morning, Joseph <laughs> Pyburnicus. How are you doing?
2: Good morning, guys. Good morning, Dell and Bruce. I wish I could be down there with you guys uh, fishing that buoy Ten, man. That that to me has really um, it's got in my blood, man. That that is a cool fishery. I love seeing all our friends down there. It is it is a boat show for sure. Um, Yeah, but I I had to pop home here. I got a a buddy getting married, so um, I I will be back down, though, shortly, as soon as I get some stuff wrapped up here. Uh, And, Bruce, you know – the white paint thing—I think I can probably scrounge around in my garage and find
3: <laughs> we, we may have to talk, Joey. We may
0: have to talk. <laughs> no question. So uh, we, we've been hammering on the on the Columbia pretty hard so far, and have a pretty good grasp on it. You and I, of course, spent the last two days on the fishery. Um, but uh, I tell you what—we've we've got some friends that aren't down here right now, and one of the reasons is the amazing amount of steelhead in the Klicks River.
2: Well, when, when Dave Lee decides that he's going to go fish the, the Cowlitz for Steelhead and not come down to buoy 10, you know there are a lot of Steelhead uh, in the Cowlitz. And this has been probably one of the, the best years we've seen in – could be 10 years, Tom, um, talking to all the guys that have been down there, all my buddies who are, are weekend warriors heading down. Just a ton of Steelhead in the Cowlitz, and it's continued to be good. And, and I don't think it's going to slow down. Um, and as a lot of guys kind of move to buoy 10 – there's going to be less pressure there on the cowlets, and, and guys are, you know, it's the same program there, guys running soft beads. But we're selling a lot of coon shrimp. Guys are buying our, our uncured coons and, you know, spicing them up, making their own cures. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you want to, you know, everybody likes to head to buoy tin this time of year, but don't forget about the cowlets. There's there's a ton of steelhead in there and some really nice fish.
0: Yeah, um, no question about it. And, and then and when you're starting to see some of these some of these steelheads show up in saltwater fisheries, you
2: know, our our, our friend yeah, Robin Tobeck gonna... ended up sticking one off the bar here, you know. and, well, and I even... say, we we heard of, I've heard of like maybe five or six now caught inside, just inside the river mouth or out, you know, outside of El Huaco there. So a lot of fish still heading up the river, heading for the cowlitz.
0: So let's uh, let's slide a little bit uh, closer to home. I you know I know uh, you know pretty soon we're our, our buoy ten fund is going to be over. We're going to be back in Puget Sound. When we get the boat back in there, we it's going to be silver time primarily, and the coho are already in Puget Sound, Joey.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean the guys that are out in area ten right now fishing for chinook are encountering are encountering quite a few coho, um, but dude. So, talking to the guys yesterday, you know what's kind of setting up here in Puget Sound is, remember, I think it was in 2019, we had that layer of bait off the bottom, from the bottom up, you know, even up as high as 50 feet off the bottom. So, that's kind of happening right now. And, you know, I talked to Nick Kester yesterday. He's out there towing big spoons, four-inch spoons, right on the top of that bait and whacking the Chinook. And he said he ran a double yesterday and the fish he caught in the morning had a little bit of color to them. They were more mature. But the, the afternoon trip, he said he got into a big batch of really fresh Chinook. Um, so I, I think the Chinook fishing is going to continue to be really good. At, and, and right behind them is going to be a wave of coho. Um, you know what else guys might think about doing for the Chinook is, and we did it a little bit that year that we had all that bait out there, Plugs. Run those plugs right above that bait and, you know, if they're hitting those big four-inch spoons, this could be a plug bite and there's nothing funner than whacking Chinook on plugs when you don't have all that flasher gear. It's just you and the fish. Plus, that's dogfish repellent.
0: Okay? It it doesn't make you dogfish-proof, but a lot less sharks will hit those plugs and when that bait ball particularly sets up south of kingston and marine area 10 that's kind of the technique Mm -hmm. is to try to i mean you're you're talking about a stretch of water that that ranges between 350 400 feet but that bait layers out to the the top end of that bait ball it seems like it's always there it's a mix of krill and herring and who knows what else and and you'll you'll kind of run that your gear on top of that bait so regardless of the fact it's 300 feet deep you got the top of a bait ball that's probably 120 feet that's where you want to run your gear joey
2: yeah. yeah, and it sounded like that bait was even in a lot closer, maybe on that, you know, 180, 150 line. So, you know, you're going to be running your gear in that, you know, 90 to 120, right above that bait. And and the thing about the, the plug is you can crank up the speed, and like you said, you're going to be able to kind of run away from those doggies and, and you know, have a lot better chance of just catching salmon. So right now,
0: um, um, WDFW's estimated 1,700 Chinook harvested in Marine Area 10. The quota is 3,900. So we're only at 43% in in Seattle, Seattle, bremerton absolutely good shape in the central town, in the central sound, excuse me, area 11, Tacoma Vashon, different story, 2,300 Kings. And that's a 2,800 fish quota. So this is probably the last weekend for Chinook retention down in Marine Area 11. And then I was talking to our friend, Mark Uwassi yesterday, Joey, and, uh, Dude, Elliott Bay was really solid last weekend, okay? 322 Mm -hmm. boats, um, boated 125 Chinook and released 219. The tragedy here is that's a bubble fishery. You don't have to release Chinook, right? Yeah. So WDFW did not do the greatest job of public education on this one because that is close to, in fact, that's over a Chinook per boat in Elliott Bay. That fishery reopened yesterday so gang if you're listening heads up it's a two salmon limit in elliott bay on chinook with no fin clip restriction in the eastern part of elliott bay check your regs guys because a lot of people released a lot of chinook joey and they did not have to man i
2: know i read that um the other day and and remember that fishery runs from it opened on the 12th it runs through august 15th at noon so at noon that thing is over yeah, that's a bummer because, uh, you know, just like our, our little bubble fishery we have up here, that's a two chinook. You know, we get two chinook and doesn't matter, hatchery, unclipped, and uh, so yeah, guys let a lot of fish go that they could have taken home. And then and guys so, need to remember also in the Puget Sound right now, you know, if you catch a halibut, you can keep that halibut. So we just right. want, want to make sure we get the word out to guys that we have kind of some weird stuff going on. We have a a couple shrimp openers coming up here: um, in MA6, August 17th through the 21st; Marine Area 7, August 18th through the 20th. So guys can get out and get some late, late spot shrimp. Also, well, let's not forget also the
0: San Juan's open back up for salmon angling on Tuesday, the 16th. So our our yep. our long our long wait after that uh, after we burnt through the Chinook quota in Marine Area 7. And uh, I tell you what, this is a great opportunity to get to the west side of San Juan Island, and you can you can just watch the waves of salmon hit the west side of that island. But but there but you don't have to go quite that far west to uh, to to find coho in Marine Area
2: Seven, Joey. No, you don't. I mean they're they're going to be all over the place. Um, you know, I and it, remember Area Six is also open, so. I like that whole Deception Pass area. I, I grew up fishing that. West Beach will be clogged with coho. They'll be all over out there. Um, you know, this gives guys an opportunity to get out and, and run their gear and actually get some days on the water in, in MA7. So, uh, I'm looking forward to our coho season. I think that we're going to have probably one of the best coho seasons we've seen in in many many years down here in the Puget Sound and up in the islands. So. Uh, you know, just what we're seeing down at Buoy Ten too, right? I mean, we're seeing way more coho in the river already than than we have in the past couple of years. But I think uh, all over the Northwest, we're going to see a flood of coho here, right behind all these chinook.
0: More than half the fish we saw yesterday were were, were coho. I mean, it was yeah. yeah. I, I even, e- you know, even last year, which was a pretty decent coho year, this is this this is one of the best coho years I've seen in, in at Buoy Ten in absolute years. All right, it's. Coming, we're mid-August. You're you're starting to think
2: about hunting. You're going to jump off the boat, okay? I'm doing one more tour down to Bowie Ten. I I got to get my fix. Okay. Um. And then yeah, it's it's hunting time, man. It's fall. You know, you wake up in the morning and and you got that cool morning air and there's a little layer of fog on the you know over the water. Um. It's bear season, man. I got buddies who are already tagged out and done. They got their bears and they were up in the high country right on the snow line. And those big Bruins are up there digging around looking for some early berries. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be getting in the mountains here. Um, you know, the, the, I, I like the, the end of August, that first week of September when the berries start to ripen and you can get up there. And, and, uh, you know, it's, we're not allowed to hunt over bait in this state, but I can sit on a berry field. And the kind of like a <laughs> what's, natural. What's the, the difference? Yeah, and uh, oh, geez. it's just a fun time of year to be in the mountains. You know, it's pretty comfortable. You don't have to pack a big, heavy sleeping bag or a bunch of warm clothes. You can travel pretty light. So this is a time for guys to start thinking about getting in the mountains. Get out to the range. Get your rifle tuned in. Make sure you you know everything's dialed. And then just start you know getting some legs under you man because deer elk season's coming next here in the state you know we got september archery season our muzzleloader season opens up early october and then it's right into modern deer for me so um yeah it's trust me tom it's it's poking at me I yeah, I definitely
0: want right. to get up in the mountain. Another thing that's poking at you is that, that auction, that Murphy auction with all those muzzle loaders in there on page four and page five and page six. I've
2: never seen a collection of muzzle loaders like that, man. That's no, uh, that some and this cool was stuff. all stuff. I I know muzzle loaders. I've been muzzle loader hunting since I was, I don't know, seventeen years old. And I was looking at some stuff in there and I'm like, man, I bet I bet there's a lot of guys you don't know. There's some really, really cool inline muzzleloaders in there that, uh, I will be definitely making some bids on, on some of that stuff. And that, that is, you can tell that that is way more of a hunter's collection.
0: It is. Um, there's a
2: lot of really cool rifles in there and, and yeah, the muzzleloader collection is, is where I'll be focusing for sure. All
0: right. Well, when you get back down here, we may we may have to do let our fingers do the walking through that uh, that particular website. All right, buddy. Well, you uh, you uh, get your stuff done up here and, and get back down here, and we'll uh, we'll we'll have things maybe a little figured out when uh, when you get back here. But uh, thanks for your time this morning, Joey. And you get one week off. That's it. Okay, that's it. All right. you get your butt all back right. here in, in a remote in the remote Three Rivers Marine Studio here in Astoria, pal. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. I'll see all you guys right. in a bit. All right, Joey. All right, See have you, a, Have a good time, man. All right, coming up okay. next, a critically acclaimed, award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports
2: app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Elliott Bay Chinook
0: Fishing will reopen for additional days. There's a great chance to get a shot of your fishing buddy holding king with his face needle poking right up out of the top of his head. Elliott Bay will reopen for Chinook Salmon angling until noon Monday, August 15th. After WDFW determined that the Chinook run is large enough to support additional days of fishing. While most of Puget Sound is a tide change drill, Elliott Bay is a dawn and dusk drill, but you definitely should not leave before a tide change. These are rapidly maturing kings staging at their river mouth and are slowing down metabolically, so you need to slow your troll to provoke a strike. Fishings open east of a line from Duwamish Head to Pier 91 up the Duwamish river mouth, including Harbor Island and both the East and West Duwamish Harbor waterways. The East Elliott Bay Recreational Fishery was open last weekend, and 322 boats with 673 anglers kept 125 Chinook and released 219, which is sad because Elliott Bay has managed as a bubble fishery and has no fin clip restrictions, and the daily limit is two.
3: They're sad about They're, that. Yes, I am too. Puget Sound Chinook uh, quota watch. Uh, Chinook season keeps percolating right along in August, and some larger hatchery kings are definitely spicing up the action. Marine Area Ten, Seattle-Bremerton, is estimated at 1,700 chinook harvested from a quota of 3,900, which is only 43 percent. So it's all going in the Area Ten. Area Eleven, Tacoma-Vashon, is a different story. Is the 2,300 kings harvested about 88 percent of the 2,800 chinook quota. So it's likely the final weekend of Area Eleven chinook retention. A reminder. Areas 8 and 9 are currently open for coho fishing. And Marine Area 7, the San Juan Islands, are open for coho on Tuesday the 16th.
0: That's going to be great fishing, too. Coastal Chinook update. The hot fishing in Marine Area 1, Iwako, is plain and some of the reason that the buoy 10 expectations are so high. To date, Area 1 reports a Chinook catch of 3,500 Chinook, which is 46% of the Area 1. Guideline, coho remains beyond white hot with 5,100 anglers backing 6,400 silvers for over a fish and a half a rod. Average Marine Area 2, Westport, Reports 2,600 anglers with 1,350 Chinook and 3,400 coho for a 1.7 fish per rod pace. It's currently the best on the coast. La Push is lightly attended by over 250 anglers averaging a fish and a half a rod and a lot of elbow room. Green for 4 Nia Bay reported 425 anglers with 224 Chinook and 280 coho for a 1.2 fish per rod rate. Coastwide, we're at 23% of the coho quota and 60% of the Chinook number, so the goal of getting that coastal salmon season stretched out to Labor Day looks very, very likely.
3: Late summer shrimping days added for several marine areas. With quota remaining in the recreational spot shrimp fishery, state shellfish managers have announced additional days. It will be the last opportunities in these areas to recreationally harvest spot shrimp this year. Marine Area 7 West will open for three additional days of recreational spot shrimp harvest from August 18th through August 20th. Marine Area 6, excluding the Discovery Bay Shrimp District, and Marine Area 7 South, will both open for five additional days of recreational spot shrimp harvest from August 17th through August 21st. Marine Areas 4 east of the vanilla tattoosh line and 5 are currently open to recreational spot shrimp harvest for a full breakdown of the shrimp season's hit wdfwgovernor slash fishing slash shellfishing
0: Officials search for a suspect who shot a Washington bear hunter. Bear hunter was shot in eastern Washington's Blue Mountains near Walla Walla last week. The shooter ran from the scene before he could be identified. Fortunately, the victim's hunting partner witnessed the shooting and was able to alert authorities. The hunter was hospitalized that same day and remains hospitalized as of this morning. Walla Walla County Sheriff's Office is currently asking the public to share any information they may have on the suspected shooter who remains identified, unidentified and at large. The caller told dispatchers the two were hunting black bear in the canyon that day when his partner shot shot a bear. His partner started hiking across Nightingale Canyon to track the bear while the caller stayed in place to spot. Watching from afar, he heard a rifle shot, saw his partner fall to the ground. The reporting party crossed the canyon, located the downed partner with a bullet wound from a high caliber weapon bleeding profusely, the sheriff's office said in in a press release. At that time, the caller looked in the direction of the gunshot and observed the person running north through a farm field. Anyone with information is requested to contact the Walla Walla County Sheriff's Office. Buoy 10, open for
3: business. Woo-hoo. Arguably, the region's signature fishery, Buoy 10 Fishery, has been experiencing fairly low angling effort. And while the Chinook mark rate hovers around 50%, the catching has been well above average. On the heels of last year's half-million returning Chinook salmon, we're looking at another... Uh, Half million returning Chinook and close to a million Coho being forecasted to return this year. So in other words, it's going to be epic. (laughs) Things have tightened up a bit from last year, so here's the drill through August 24th. Two hatchery salmon daily limit, only one can be a Chinook, followed by all Chinook from August 25th to September 7th. A three hatchery Mark Coho daily season begins September 8th through the 30th.
2: The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shock struts, and more at leschwab.com. So, I
0: was pretty bummed when we saw this selective fishery in Buoy 10 for the first three weeks of August. But, it's, it's backed off the pressure some, which also kind of sucks. But there's enough hatchery fish out there to make it more than worthwhile. Oh, yeah. So, and obviously we gotta we gotta do a better job of public education with regard to getting folks to let wild tulis go. Now you get a big king next to the boat, they all look like URBs. Okay, they they do. When you get the thing in the net, that you're gonna you're gonna notice a, a different look between the two fish. The the URBs are absolutely stamped out of a platinum press. Right. And, and and I mean, it's they look they, they're they all dressed up like like Oakland Raiders. Excuse me. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> they're black and silver. They're black and silver. So the still we'll will start and show a little red coloration, particularly in the anal fan. You'll just mm-hmm. notice a little more dusky appearance to them. Let all the wild toolies go, even when even when it's legal to do so, you should. Because right now we're uh, we're up against a situation where Noah, due to a hatchery stray rate, on, in these lower Columbia tribs, has cut 4 million hatchery chinook out of this season's small plants because of hatchery fish on the spawning grounds, right? Yep. And so we really got to do a better job. So all hatchery fish, you know, it, it, it is the, is the case. Now, the heartburn area comes here because most of the more, more desirable upper-river bright fish are wild, Right. And, and so these unclipped monsters, people are letting them go, and, it, you know, that's that's just a lot of land right now. But, you know, we just need to do a little better job of public education. Case in point with that is also that sad Elliott Bay situation yes. where you got folks letting, what was it, 300 fish go? Yeah, 319. Right? You know, you, you, you work your butt off and, and get a couple fish on, oh, it's got a fin. No, you're in Elliott Bay, okay? You can keep them all and keep two of them, so. You know, it's always a challenge, Dell, with the regulations. You know, we've never—they they just seem to get more complex every year. Yeah, You've got to be a Brooklyn lawyer to figure yeah. them out. <laughs> All right, well, tell you what, now it's Dell's turn. Okay, <laughs> I I have had the pleasure of, of of watching your your seminars, both live and and watching them on on the Seattle Boat Shows, Boat Show University, and whatnot, and and uh, so we're gonna have a little we're gonna have a little micro seminar right here because that the question I know you always get asked is how big a boat? How far do I need to go? How much bait? How much tackle? How much ice and intestinal fortitude is required for these for these AlbaCore? Can you do it in your boat? Stay tuned. Del Stevens is going to talk tell us all about that next, right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten and Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse. Brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710 Seattle Sports, the Outdoor Line. Bruce Larson, Renaissance Marine Group, course, the inimitable Del Stevens joining us this morning. And uh, I tell you what, man, if if there's anybody that ha- it, that is Professor AlbaCore, it's you. I you've you've taught more people how to tune a fish and do so successfully than anybody else I can possibly even think about. So when somebody comes at you, Never been tuna fishing before, and they go, okay, listen, you know, I got a, I got a 23-footer, you know, how how What's your minimum boat? Let's say, let let's kind of limit this to, Ilwaco and Westport for right now, right? So two Washington Washington-based ports. Our, our show, you know, we got a, you know, we're all we're a Washington show, okay? What what would be your minimum boat requirements for somebody if you say, okay, you go tuna fishing in your boat? Probably, 20, 21 foot. Gotcha.
1: Uh, and that's partly because the fuel capacity of that boat's going to be is what's going to limit you. You can have a really really flat ocean out there and run out there and something
0: even smaller but you you're not going to have the fuel capacity. Right. So and and obviously we're talking about, you know, all things considered a, a nice flat swell, you know, something along the lines of you know 3 4 feet at 8 mm-hmm. 9 seconds or you know 10 seconds 12 seconds even yep. right you know stretch that period out and 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 you know before you even go i mean you know you need to have the windy app on your phone you need to and, and also we both work with Sirius XM you can be on the grounds and offshore and you lose cell coverage you lose all weather information but with Sirius XM and marine weather you will always have it on your boat yep so along with that boat discussion you know comes safety gear yeah. and, and your proficiency and a basic first aid kit and everything I've gotten to the point now where you know I've, I've got a full-on trauma kit on, on board the boat and so all, all that stuff it has to be taken into consideration too but oh yeah all, all that stuff aside so now you got you you got the boat okay how about how about bait what what could they what can the guy use say if he's got a tw- say, if, say a 22 footer what can a guy use maybe keep some live bait on that boat?
1: You know, uh, if you're going to add a live well to it, Kodiak makes one of the best ones. Gotcha. You can get it in a West Marine. Um, it's the design of the live well that makes them so good. And a good, proficient live well, uh, the flow should, fit, it should fill in eight minutes. And it's, it should fill at multiple levels, and it should drain at
0: multiple levels. And you want to control the flow by the outflow. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha, and that so by controlling the outflow, that controls the level in the tank. That's correct. So when when I started first started working with Bruce and Renaissance Marine Group, we talked about a boat, and the term I use is a boat that breathes at all speeds, meaning it it'll take water in at all speeds, and and that's where you guys have really done a great job on you know all the boats that I've had with with Duckworth Wellcraft is the fact that you've you've got a little tiny, it's not really a full scoop, but it's just a back edge. To that water pickup. Yep. And so that thing will take water into the system for wash down and live well and fish box flush at any hull speed in any hull direction.
3: And that's what you want. Yeah. Just, just like Dell's talking about, you want to be able to get that water into the boat for whatever the purpose, particularly the bait tanks. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of a lot of boats today that don't
1: have um, you know good water pickups, they'll have a below water line intake and they'll have a thing called a sea chest. Yes, this is a box down there with yep. bilge pumps built in, inside it, to pump to their live wells. That way, they maintain
0: constant pressure. So another thing I kind of want to alert guys to is when when you when you're looking at boats, how does the boat handle the water on her decks? Because I see so many boats these days that every drop of water that hits that deck ends up in the bilge and must be pumped out. Now this happens with with in on the aluminum side. With with some less expensive designs. And to me, it is absolutely a dangerous situation because you think about what goes on on the deck of a boat, particularly we got tuna, you're going to end up with, with a lot of blood on the deck, some of that clots, and it will absolutely, if you're counting on your bilge pump to take care of all that and all the particulate matter, you're setting yourself up for a big issue,
3: Bruce. Yeah, you sure are. Big uh, time. You know, with with the boat that's geared to that, you you want something that's going to macerate it, whether it be a um, a diaphragm pump to, that's not necessarily going to chew it up, but it's going to it's going to squeeze it out of there, uh, or something that's going to going to chop it up because it, yeah, it's, it can become mm-hmm. a big problem, and you want to. The, the The challenge is you're staying in a smaller boat is getting that uh that deck sealed off basically yes. yeah. um the the, the the as you move into twenty two and above it's it becomes an easier thing to literally make that a a, a self draining rear deck yep. which is really what you want so it's not going down into the bilge you're not running the issues there that sort of thing and which that's is that's huge. the
0: word I was searching for it's a self bailing rear deck, yeah and particularly if you have a bait tank on that boat yeah. because you'll get sloshes on there too. And you want that water to just head off. And that's, it's funny because our friend Bob Buchanan was sitting in back of the boat when we were up in Sitka and and we were running through a pretty good chop and there was a lot of water that was coming around the side of the boat because the, the wind was hitting us on the side and we were really sloppy. And he was just watching these waves come into the side of the boat like that and just all just just run right out, and it's yeah. just that you, you cannot. I cannot impress upon you enough the, the 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 absolutely mandatory aspect to any boat that goes in the big water to have a self-bailing rear deck. And I won't. I won't beat this dead horse. But the last thing I'll say is, if you don't get every drop of that blood out, you will smell it the next time you get on that <laughs> boat too. So enough, enough about the boats. So now we're, we had a little bait tank drill too. So so now tackle. Give us give us some basic. Uh, Both both rod and reel stuff and and some terminal tackle for most people. Most
1: people that start tuna fishing are going to start learning to troll.
0: Yeah, troll rod. You know
1: the length of the rod is not a big deal on a troll rod. Uh, It should have a stiff tip on it. On those um, sporty days, if you have a soft tip rod, which a lot of people try to have a rod that can do other things like halibut fish, that soft tip rod is going to the lure is going to bounce through the. It's not going to be fishing, it's oh, going to be skipping. Gotcha. Okay. And um, so that's the benefit of a stiff tip rod. Now, one of the ways you can get away from that, so you can use a soft tip rod, is put a release clip down low somewhere in the
0: back of the boat. Oh, okay.
1: And pull that line down. Changes pull the pole little.
0: angle. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I've I've actually had a couple of those on, on boats that I've run before. Yeah. And that gives you another another advantage. Yeah. You know, just yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This and you
1: can just put it on a clip. If you have a cleat down there, just put it on a cleat, yeah. take it off at the end of the day so it's not running back to scratching paint or something. And But, yeah, it'll it, cha- totally change the angle of the boat. And if you're trolling a short rod in the back, a lot of times it'll still have an angle at it, even if it's a stiff-tip rod. It's good to bring it down and run it flat. Okay. What are we trolling? Six-inch clowns. Okay. Anywhere from three-inch to six-inch clowns. And the basic colors, pink and white, Mexican flag, zucchini, purple, black.
0: Um, those are your basic, your four basic colors. I just get a just absolute kick out of some of the guys I go fishing with, Robbie Tobek included, that throws a cedar plug back there. Yeah. And they get bit. Yep. I mean, you can actually tune a cedar plug. If yep. I just turn the bullet head so the hook is line is, is floating straight up and down, right? And it is the simplest lead bullet head and a wooden back with a hook sticking out of it. Yep. They're just such a charm to that simple piece of gear. And albacore bite
1: the living crap out of them. Yeah. The plain cedar plug, plain wood cedar plug yeah. gets bit the most. Purple yes. black's probably the second most. Yeah. If you want to catch a bluefin tuna, put a purple black back there.
0: Really? They hit more purple black than they do any other color here in the Northwest. And, um... It was it was funny because you, you you remember Tread Barda mm-hmm. God rest his soul, and and Tred came out here and and we actually we had him we had him on an interview way back when, Yeah. and uh, he says I can smell the bluefin, out here. <laughs> yes. smell him. and and lately, anglers out here have been doing a lot more than smelling bluefin, yeah, I've been catching them Del, mm-hmm. I mean you know in in reasonable numbers off of Westport right yeah. like. And 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 there's been years that that has been not even just unheard of, right? But it's it's not a daily occurrence, but still it's not raising my many eyebrows anymore. Oh yeah. Okay, so fish storage. One one of the things that the newbie to the tuna game doesn't understand is tuna are often warmer mm-hmm. than the water in which they come out. Metabolically they are so hot they make heat. <laughs> Only one way to get that heat out of them. Yep. Yeah, you know, and there was a debate on a chat for him the other day,
1: you know, and, and uh, it was interesting watching that. If you take something that's bleeding and you put ice on it, it's going to slow down. Yeah. You know, like ice pack on your nose, okay? You take a tuna and put him in a slurry to bleed him, and he's not going to bleed out as well. A lot of debate on, oh,
0: yeah, well, it's like. No. Not going to happen. You're trying to do two different things. Exactly. You're you're trying to exsanguinate, which means just evacuate his circulatory system, and then you're trying to preserve him. So you want to cut him behind the gills. Yeah. And the best thing to do is when
1: you gaff that tuna, don't let him off the gaff. Keep him on the gaff. Bring him over to the bleed bucket. Take the hook out. You still have him on the gaff, yes. so you yes. got control
0: of it. Yep. You let him on the deck, he's all over the place. And that's what that's the first thing you see with with a new guy on the gap. He gets that gets that gets that fish, he's holding up on the gap, and he drops it on the deck. Well now you got a hook flying around the deck and you gotta catch that tuna. So the efficient that's an excellent coaching point is you have control of him on the gaff, you bring him on the boat, then do your business. Get the hook out. Yep. Get you him still, in the
1: You got him over there, you got the hooks out, take the knife, cut him up underneath the gills on both sides. Or you can cut them right behind the pectoral fin. Yes, I've seen that want. one too. Yes. Yep. and They'll bleed real well right there. Take, reach down, grab the tail, lower the gaff to take the tail up in the air, and get them off the gaff head first down in the bleed bucket.
0: How much? How much ice does a guy need to pack on? on five pounds on, on, for every fish. Five pounds for every fish. I've, I've not heard that guideline, but that's pretty good. So okay. I mean, so. Last couple times I've been out, you're, if, you're, if you're looking at a boat that's going to hold 20 tuna, there it is. got to have 100 pounds Goodness. of ice, yank. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's not all that that's, much. That's, that's minimum. Yeah, minimum. minimum. Yeah. But that's, that's also a great point. But then um, you want to keep, when, it, when those tuna start melting the ice, you don't want to take the water out of there because no. that slurry that develops at that point just adds to that cooling power.
1: Yeah, and if you want to improve that slurry, Throw a couple handfuls of rock salt in it. Oh, good call. And it'll—it's like making ice cream. It'll yeah. really drop that temperature. Drop, make, and by the time
0: you get back, you'd be lucky if you can put your hand in. So let's—so how much salt does a guy need in his veins? I mean, we're talking about—we're we're talking about going offshore to the point where you no longer can see shore. Yeah. You are out of cell phone range. You are off across a river bar, and so now you're—you're—you want to maybe catch the right tide to come back in. Mm-hmm. So how does a guy get a little get a little saltier? It, you know, in his boat, in a 22, 23, 24-footer, 30, 30, 35, 40 miles offshore, that's a challenge, Dale. Yeah. Best thing to do, get a buddy boat who's experienced at it. Good call. And
1: have a conversation with them about how you're going to cross, where and how and when you're going to cross the bar, and why you're going to cross it when you're crossing it, and what, where you're crossing it as to why you're doing it there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, the Columbia river is classic example of it because it's five miles wide out there and the middle grounds can be atrocious at times, or a lot of times they can be the best place to cross it, you know, and some days on sporty oceans, I come I don't even come up. I cut to the South and I come in over the sunken jetty and sneak up along the, up along the, um, the rip rap there until I get to about buoy 12. And then I cut across to 10 to avoid even being on the bar and, um, you know but but you need to you, you you really need to talk to someone have a buddy boat to follow out there because if you're new at that you're going to be anxious yep, and, yep, and yep, uneasy you're, about you're being not, in the ocean by yourself.
0: It's like taking a test that you haven't studied for. Yeah. You're going to have that anxiety. It's like setting up for a, for a radio show and you can't get the mics to work. Oh, you're there gonna, we go. <laughs> <laughs> like same thing. So I tell you what. So Dell, uh, how do people how do people find you online? How do people find some of your content? tunerdogoffshore.com
1: it's a great place to get to me. Um, my phone numbers on there, my emails on there,
0: and there's some YouTube's on there as well. All right, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break and uh, come back and uh, do a little more lipstick salmon slayer talk. But it's been sure been fun talking to you guys this morning for sure. Right back here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten and Seattle Sports app. No way! You got to be kidding me! Really? Where? It's coming
1: back. From the island of Tinian, the lady.
3: Hey red.
2: man, can you tell me where you got him?
3: I'll never put on a nice jacket again.
2: Welcome to Roy really? really? Where? 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 Roy RV.com will take you anywhere. Really?
0: Time to head up to Smoky Point and hit the number one Winnebago deal in the Northwest. That's Roy Robinson's all-new RV Center. You're going to find a complete line of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, tow haulers, pop-ups, campers, and so very, very much more, including the all-new Miramar 38-footer by 4. That's currently what we're hanging out in at the RV park, and uh, that's pretty cool. You know I with, with the guys I roll with, you, you kind of you know need some facilities, right? So this this RV has two bathrooms, which I'm really really happy about. <laughs> I'm absolutely thrilled about that. So so this is the hottest report heard, or we heard all week in the techniques you you need to succeed. And, and Dell, I don't think we need to go too much farther than just offshore out the river mouth here to find. I, I don't know of any better coho fishing than I've heard of in a decade. No. I mean, is that a strong? Is that am I out, am I out, out of bounds here? Or? No,
1: it's 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 amazing offshore. I mean, we were done. Eight fish by eight thirty one morning, and, <laughs> you know, and that's
0: after throwing quite a few back. You, you know, and just look at what's going on here. So, WDFW's last checks has over fifty one hundred anglers with over forty, excuse me, sixty four hundred coho. All right, that's a that's a fish and a half a rod for a mix of chinook and coho. The beach fisheries closed. You got to go three miles offshore the, out, out past the CR buoy. But that's also just making the river that much better now that it, now the buoy ten is open and open for business. But we also got one of the best bodies of tuna out front mm-hmm. that we've seen in three years. Yeah, easily. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's the best fishing. Best fishing probably since 2017.
3: Now, last week at Westport, they. The average weight was in that seventeen to nineteen. Yeah, and, and that for the and, Washington tuna Yeah, class, and yeah. the the heaviest one was just under twenty two pounds. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they're out there eating a whole lot and growing and then uh, gonna get add a little top weight for them. Exactly.
0: I'm not turning my nose up at a fifteen pound.
3: Oh no, tuna, ever. no, no. I just and and you know what? I don't know that I'm ever
0: gonna be able to cook one again either. I just, you know, they just did that whole sashimi action there is just, it, it's amazing. I, I just love, you know, or okay, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll do a little teriyaki sear on it, though, too. But, man, I just, I, I actually uh, took a piece of fish yesterday and sliced up, made, made some salmon sashimi on the boat. You know, just a little bit of soy, a little bit of wasabi on the side, sesame seeds, and away you go. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, and then and the whole time we're... We're up in Sitka. We we do halibut.
3: Halibut cheeks. cheeks you know, you bet. I don't want to yeah. bring a
0: lot of food on the boat anymore. We just you know carve, carve them up and carve them up and get them down. It's it's fun. What's what's your favorite tuna preparation? For you uh, for Albacore. Bacon wrap. <laughs> and bacon wrap That, that took three point two milliseconds for yeah. him to pop that out. My, yeah. Man.
1: Those things when they come off the barbecue, they look like something out of Sunset Magazine, and they they t- do taste like that. Yeah and they're good cold for leftovers.
0: Oh are, yeah. Yeah, are, they are. Sorry, are you a teriyaki guy though too? Yeah. yeah, so teriyaki. And and what I didn't realize, you know, we I everything I know about cooking too and I learned from my dear friend Jeff Palaka. You you want to learn about seafood and crabs like that hang out with a Polynesian, right? I mean, oh, yeah, so, yeah, true. so so Jeff told me he said, "Listen, teriyaki sauce I mean, my first interaction with it was okay teriyaki chicken, right? No, teriyaki sauce was designed for tuna. That's the, that's what, it, and then they started dropping other things into it. But just mm-hmm. that preparation is just absolutely phenomenal. So, so delves
3: onto something though. Okay, when I, you when you talk about bacon. Yes. Oh, the, yeah. The reference there is that's the duct tape of the kitchen. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it fixes anything. It can make a lot of things a lot better.
1: I love
0: that, dude. I, have, I may have to borrow that Duck from you. Duct tape, of the, tape of the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> bacon wrap bacon, sir, please. Yeah, work for me. So, you know, so right now it it's it's, it's amazing because we you know, you start see these tuna up in in Central Oregon first, our our first reach at them. Guys running out of Garibaldi, right? You know, and but it just there wasn't that much. And then last year, okay, you could run way the hell south out of Garibaldi. This year, okay, they're at Garibaldi. Okay, they're at Elwha. Okay, they're at Westport. I mean, it happened when that highway, that Warm Water Highway, opened up. It opened up pretty quickly, and and then with then then tuna just right in behind it, and then in more, I'll say, predictable locations with regard to the to the temp break and the chlorophyll break. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The uh, the tuna are probably there in the tuna highway in small numbers to begin with. It was just a matter of people just not hitting them at the opportune time. And then it filled in, and it's continuing to fill in, which is why the fishing is getting even better. And um, and now the warm water starting to move in. Chlorophyll starting to move in a little bit. And um, the fish are moving in a little bit. And as it all fills in, you know, there's just more and more fish. And uh, a lot of times they'll show up, they've, the Westport guys have caught them before the Newport guys have some years. It's just a matter of opportunity. The guys just didn't find them when they were coming through, you know. When were
0: you going to tell me about this 34 walk-around, Bruce? I mean, when were you going to, you know? I gotta, I gotta get a guy on the text toy now, to break it out of you. You at, know, when at, the <laughs> at the
3: risk of Jerry is listening to this over the <laughs> over the wire, we try and keep discussions that go on in engineering and product development a little close until we're ready to but it's 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 a more solid discussion now than it's than it's ever been can't before. Can't believe
0: you told the listeners before you told me dude. What, like,
3: but <laughs> how many times have, have we been texted with that same question well, I know, that's, for years.
0: And, and that's why I always get I always get the brick wall, right? You nope, know, and nope. and and now now we there's hear about this. So there's, there's some, some movement. There's some movement there. And I'm excited about that. Well, it, but you know, you can't build boats fast enough so I can understand why that would hold up
3: product development to some yeah, degree. Yeah, it is that that that's been the the huge show. Okay. And, you know, workforce keeping people no, I hear in, you. Coming to the shop and being mm-hmm. productive, and I would I would
0: volunteer to you know, I know you would. out help out you know with uh, you know with maybe running the bugs out of that. Yeah,
3: thing, well, so. we have we have several volunteers that are <laughs> wanting to come in and <laughs> be uh, welders and painters and rangers. <laughs>
0: Well, the guys, I cannot thank you enough for joining. It's always fun to do the show from Astoria, and I'm uh, looking forward to my my first. Uh, I got to fish the the event last year, and um, and, and couldn't stay. ahead to pop out, so I, I'm not fishing the event this year. You and I are gonna, you help, I'm gonna help you set the thing up. The Lipstick Salmon Slayer happened tonight in Astoria at the fairgrounds. Going to be a heck of an interesting time, and 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 you're the master of ceremonies, Del Stevens. Mm-hmm. What 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 am I in for, Bruce?
3: A, a, a lifetime, a, a wonderful experience. <laughs> Dell does a does a dynamite event. Uh, he gets people excited; they want to come back, uh, as evidenced by the number of gals that have have signed up for this. Um, and it's just, it, it is thoroughly fun and uh, uh, always involves a, a, a great charity support as well with yeah. the American Heart Association. No yeah.
0: question, of course. It's brought to you by Renaissance Marine Group as well. All right, well, guys, I, again, thank you so much. You want to uh, what's what's your uh, Instagram handle? Or, or, or uh, Tuna media. Dog 33. Tuna Dog 33. Uh, of course, Renaissance Marine Group's all over in, all over uh, social media as well. I'll be back uh, probably in the same place doing the show next week with Joy Pyburn at Joy Pyburn and Instagram at Rob Ensley. Uh, thanks to Matt Nelson running the board back in our Seattle studios. Give us uh, give, give the Outdoor Line a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the Outdoor For Dell Stevens, for, for Bruce Larson, for Joy Pyburn chiming in. Rob Ensley up in Southeast Alaska. I'm Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app.